Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher, and I'm joined by Chris Monier, Kyle Simmons, as always, because we host this podcast, right? It's our it's our podcast. That's right. It's our yeah. idea, so we get to we get to talk during it. We get to talk during it. We did not hire that part out uh, for the podcast. Uh, we appreciate appreciate that you are here listening to the podcast. We'd love it if you gave us a review, or if you subscribed, or if you told your friends to do either one of those things. We do appreciate it. Uh, it's the least you can do because it is free. You it know, is the know. least they could do, right? Because yeah. we don't charge anything for this. There are yet to be any advertisements on this podcast. It's just all for you, right? And yeah. us. It's also yep. a little hobby for us. But uh, so tell your friends about it if you like it. Maybe they will like it as well. Don't tell it to, like don't tell them to listen to this podcast if they don't like this kind of music, though. Please. That's just mean. Okay, no one wants to listen to us talk about and, these and bands. Please, yeah, please, I can't, I can't emphasize it enough. Don't overhype it. Like you know, try to just come in right. there with like, hey, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's okay. That's <laughs> fine. It doesn't have to. Now, in the actual review, you write five stars, glowing, big, big, big words, big yes. words, lots like, of adjectives. Yes. You got to hype it up on the reviews. But to your friend, you just got to be like, you should check it out. It's it's all right. It's cool. See what they yep. think. Okay. We want we want to hit all the hyperboles, best, greatest. Right. All caps. Yeah, exclamation yeah. points. Exclamation points. Tell the um, button's broken. I don't think iTunes allows emojis, but if they do, use the good emoji emojis. Um all right. Egg Today plants. we are talking egg <laughs> That's a good one. That's uh, why they don't allow emojis. Although <laughs> if our people podcast, like you if our podcast has that kind of reaction, um, we, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know. Not our intent. You could have a musical eggplant. All right. Today, <laughs> today we are, I'm going to say straying just a little bit, because. but here's, I'm going to defend this. Okay. We are doing Agreed. OK Go's uh, freshman uh, debut album, uh, also entitled OK Go. And I know what you're probably thinking. OK Go is not an emo band. Fine, if that's what you say, but it's our podcast, and we love this album. And in the intro that I just said, if you notice, I always say we discuss our favorite albums from the early outs and thereabouts. I don't even mention the word emo other than the title. So Yeah, you're right. Um, and also, I think emo is a weird genre that we have a hard time defining. So we'll talk more about the genre stuff in a second. But first, let's just go to Chris and talk about the album itself. Go, Chris. Okay, go, Chris, maybe. Okay, go, <laughs> Aha. Okay, go self-titled. Are we going to get in a conversation about whether the album's called Okay Go or it's actually called self-titled? Kyle, do you have any opinions <laughs> on if it's untitled or self-titled? Oh no, that was untitled. Okay that was untitled. Yeah, I'm was... so sorry. So uh. <laughs> I can tell you this much: uh, Alex t- trying to get Alexa to play this is hard. Was, oh, yeah. oh man, it, it she was really pissing me off this these last couple weeks you would think that all of these assistants would have known that like self-titled albums are a thing at this point but they all are very it's very hard to get them to play a self-titled album especially or or if the album's title is a song title too also impossible uh oh yeah that that sucks yeah you can't say uh, play jimmy world chase this light it will play the song chase this light which i get the confusion there a little bit but if I say play the album "Chase This Light" by Jimmy World, sometimes it still doesn't get it right. Uh, anyway, that end of rant. Uh, no. Chris, keep go, keep going, keep go, keep okay going. We have to I'm say gonna okay, okay go. go every time we say go. This album was <laughs> released in September of 2002. Originally slated for a June release, they pushed it back. I'm not quite sure why, but they did. Uh, produced by two guys I've never heard of, and I did no research on because their names weren't underlined in Wikipedia. Howard Willing. 
and David Trum- Trumfio. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard Ooh. of these guys? No. No. Okay. They did a great job. Just, you know, don't know much about them. Um, Damien Kulosh, the lead singer, and Tim wrote most of the songs. Tim is the bass player. Two singles, Get Over It and Don't Ask Me. Um, a little bit about the band. Uh, the lead singer, Damien, a, uh, he's a guitarist and collaborated with most of the songs. Um, he met Tim Norwood at summer camp. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Damien. Um, I hate to use the term waspy, but this guy, like he, he's like an East Coast kind of elite kind of guy. From what I could tell, he, he went to a, a prep school. He actually graduated from Brown University, which I believe is one of the Ivy Leagues. Isn't that There's right? An, that it, is an Ivy League school. It is. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's a very smart guy. Yeah, and so you know, I was picturing like him going to the bathroom at the Green Door because that's where we played with him—the worst bathroom in any club in America for ten years. It had to ever. Be. And I went yeah. to the bathrooms at CBGBs, and they did not have anything on the Green Door slash Conservatories bathrooms. They actually got yeah. worse when it was the Conservatory somehow. Oh, yeah. Uh. yeah, yeah. So it was famously bad. I can't help but thinking about that guy using that bathroom when he had a degree for Brown University. Something I didn't know at the time. Um, they were the house band for a hot minute on This American Life. Uh, they apparently have a pretty close friendship with Ira Glass. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more later. Album was recorded at Capitol Studios in Los Angeles. Uh, they originally planned to do some minor tweaks to some EPs they had uh, released, but decided to just scrap everything and just start from scratch. They made the right move. I yeah. love it. No, definitely, definitely. Um, and uh, then something uh, something else interesting about the album the album art was uh, done by Stefan, I believe it's pronounced Sag, Sagmeister, who's a pretty famous graphic designer um, who did album covers for Lou Reed, The Rolling Stones, Jay-Z, Aerosmith, Talking Heads, pretty famous guy. So, Which Aerosmith one did he do? Now I've got to know. Uh, you, you'll have to maybe look that up while, while we're talking, but yeah. The, I will the, do that. I thought it was pretty cool because I, I always thought the album art was really cool, but um, I didn't know it had that kind of backstory. Um the uh yeah and Kulash, like i said he he won the brown university weston prize in music composition this guy's not a joke around songwriter this is uh, a, a pretty incredibly um talented and well-educated <laughs> music maker um and then uh, something else i kind of want to touch on the critics did not like this record that i could tell um i i don't remember at the time but i, I wanted to share two pieces um one from popmatters.com oh i uh, love it please tell me yes. i'm just i love this kind of stuff when yeah. critics are just wrong yes so uh the, the this critic uh, this, and i have to say that there was no name associated with this review it was just the the website uh, but they posed this question will this new music set the world on its ear no but that's beside the point this is a radio <laughs> ready enjoyable music mission accomplished yeah. Well, um, that's that's nice. That's not a mean one. It's fine. Uh, yeah. It's okay. It, but I was expecting like one of these ones uh, that they like take off the website. So let me read the next one from Pitchfork. <laughs> okay. Oh, Pitchfork uh, is always pitch- wrong. I feel like they're <laughs> always wrong. Yeah, they tell are me. wrong. This is pretty long, but the poetry of hate here is so incredibly focused and angry that I, I just had to share the whole thing. Uh, from the outset, their look is positively loathsome. Four clean-cut, suburbia-ripped pretty boys aspiring to toe the line between indie respectability and commercial idolation. That the kind of mindless commercial monotony that dilutes every hint of vibrancy on the record seems wholly intentional is telling, as a comparatively lo-fi connection of songs were apparently scrapped in favor of this supposedly more accessible dreck. 
the sort of middle-of-the-road, half-power pop, half-hair metal hooks heard on the first track plays itself out on nearly every track, using monster power chords, obtusely iconic lyrics, and anthemic send-up chorus as a blueprint for the kind of 21st century arena rock most people knew we didn't need. Wow. Which basically means it has great melodies, so I hate it. I mean, that's basically it's, just no, say they're that. saying they're saying it's good, so it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who was I reading about recently that like has gotten in trouble for not in trouble, but like instead of owning that, I think it was Pitchfork, and it might have been Rolling Stone. Basically, they just start taking down old reviews once they realize they're like twenty years out and it's a classic album. They're just yeah. taking, it was Jimmy World, I think they took oh. down. Their uh, Bleed American and Clarity review, they just don't exist on a website. I'm going to have to look it up on what it was because they were like, uh, where's the review? Like, <laughs> It's like, why won't you just own it? Just have it up there. Um, which I think is like their own sort of revising history, which is kind of silly. It's like, just own it. Like, At least Rolling Stone wrote an article that was like, we were wrong about Pinkerton. Here's the original yep. article. We were wrong. Like, they, We didn't get it. For like, that, yeah. We were famously wrong for it. We're going to keep it up, though. Um, I appreciate that. You're, you can't get it wrong. I mean, I'm not like dogging on them. I would never want to be a music critic, but it's like, just own it at least. Like if right. you're going to say something bad about an album and then it ends up being beloved by millions of people, you should just, uh, you know, be like, my bad. Wasn't for right. me. Don't right. Pitch fork guys. More like piach fork. <laughs> Am I right? You're right. Yes. I, I'm so glad they never viewed anything I did. They would have like <laughs> taken a poop on a piece of paper and just like scanned it. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather die than finish this record. <laughs> uh, yeah. So not loved by critics. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Nope. Um, but uh, yeah. So the band, the, the band played on, they had a great booking agent. They went on tour with all kinds of great bands, the vines, Phantom planet, planet super drag the donnas me and blake saw them with the donnas uh fountains of wayne um and did a lot of festivals and stuff and started kind of building up a fan base they also did a lot of small shows and and they grinded it out um so that's how they kind of built up their fan base yeah so i mean the honestly the last time i saw them live was when this album was out uh and they were you know we talked to them for a while because we played the show and they were like drawing you know 80 to 100 kids a night kind of thing. Uh, Cause this is all pre the crazy video stuff. They just, right. had a, they had normal music videos like people did in the early two thousands. And it wasn't until yes. the next album that they did that single where they danced. And that was kind of like a gigantic jump for them. Obviously there's one exception to what you said and we'll talk about it later. Okay. I'm excited about that. Um, one more fact. Yeah. Please this, hit us with the facts. Cause I know no facts. Damien's life, uh, reading about this Damien guy, like I had, no, I didn't know much about him. He is married to um, one of Al Gore's daughters now. What? I did not know that. What? Hey, I said waspy. That's that's the that's about as waspy, waspy as it gets. <laughs> A former second kid. Is that what you called him? Do they call them second kids if it's the vice president's kids? Sure. They call them first kids. Okay, I assumed. Yeah, second child. Sure, it works. Um. And he's actually done three op-eds for New York Times on spanning different topics. I highly recommend reading them all. I'll, I'll share the URLs with Blake. Maybe they'll end up in the show notes. He always seemed smart to me, but then watching him talk about making the spreadsheet for that slow motion video they did where he timed out all what all the explosions had to be to go with the music at whatever the frame rate was that that camera was running. And he said it took him like a month of working like eight to five, like it was his job in this spreadsheet for a month. And I was like, okay, 
you're a hard worker and really smart because I I don't want to be in a spreadsheet for for a month straight. That sounds like my nightmare. And this guy was doing it kind of for fun for a video. So um, for fun and money. Well, yes, you're right. Yeah, for fun and money. But there, I'm sure there was an easier way to make a video than to have to or, use a spreadsheet. It like, might be the only time a spreadsheet's been used for a music video. I don't know. Yeah, hire somebody else to do it. I mean... Exactly. Yeah. There you go. That's the other way to do it. Um, but this is all pre all the crazy video stuff, So, uh, which is my favorite, one of my favorite things, just all of their videos. I've, uh, I tweeted them one time and told them they need to release a behind-the-scenes like Blu-ray of all the videos and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And they're like, we don't think anyone would buy that. And I was like, you got one, one person. Yeah. Uh, and I think they would. I think they would sell. I think most DVDs, no, with band stuff. But like, their their whole thing is videos. I think it would. I think it would. I think it would work. Um, shall we go to talking about first impressions? So, Chris, let's go to you first. First impressions of the band of the album of any of it. Um, yeah. So my, you know, the first song I heard was the first single, "Get Over It," which is a little different than the rest of the record um but i really liked it um you know i only i only started listening to them because me and blake went and saw them at that show with the donnas and um i yeah kind of dug it man i mean like you really have to listen to it a few times and figure out like what's going on if it if it's something you're into um but the songs were all really well crafted just hook 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 after hook um it's hard not to like you know, it's hard not to just like kind of like it. Um, so yeah, but that, not that was... like formulaic though. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it felt like well crafted music. It wasn't just on the nose pop. It was like thoughtful. Yeah, that was my impression. I agree, Kyle. Do you have? Do you remember first impressions? Yeah, uh, I. I mean, I I loved them, and honestly, I remember you guys talking about going to see them and I didn't know that they were in town. I remember being upset about that. It was Tulsa. Um, we had to drive a little bit, but uh well, I, I just remember I missed I missed an opportunity to see a band who whose record I really enjoyed. And also um you know, there's just, there weren't a lot of people making music that sounded like this and I still think that they've got a a, a really unique uh, sound yeah it is poppy it is catchy and like there are times that it's anth- anthemic but like it doesn't feel like anybody else specifically it's like they draw their inspirations and make a really good casserole out of those inspirations Ooh, you know? casserole that is a great way to describe what's going on um i like that kyle thanks yeah i mean i know i bought this in nashville when i lived there because it came out in september 2002 and I think I bought it at that record store. I don't remember why, though. I don't know if it was because of the single. I don't know if it was like someone told me about it. I really don't remember. I just remember really, really liking the record. And then Chris and I went and saw them like in February of 2003, I think it was. So, uh, and they're great live. Uh, loved them. Uh, they, you didn't mention the camp was like a drama camp, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Chris, because like oh, he and Tim are both drama nerds too, which gives another level of, I don't know, 
artistry to it. I mean, cause they're kind of, they're into the theater thing and being uh, like, they did a scene from Les Mis <laughs> that time that we played with the green door uh, and covered a Toto song. So, you know, you're just kind of like kind of all over the place. Uh, there's that casserole for you. If you're mixing uh, the show tunes of Les Mis and uh, Toto, you might get, okay, go. Uh, so it was fitting that those were kind of the two covers they did. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I just thought it was like a perfect pop rock indie kind of, record like the guitar tones kind of smash you in the face it doesn't feel like too overproduced i no i disagree with like um the the reviewer that thinks it was just kind of like polished like for stadium rock it doesn't feel like that at all to me it feels very indie and well, they were also, like, they don't feel like pretty boys to me. I mean, I like, well, like that nerds. Yeah. Yes. So, they're I like compl- dorks. Yeah. Yes. I, compl- I mean, Damien's a good looking guy, but he's a nerd. Yeah. And like they were comparing him to like Franz Ferdinand and stuff. And I was like, I mean, that's just kind of grasping at straws. Not the same. Like, no, no. Yeah. Those were a lot of the bands. And I know they did their second record with, oh, what's the producer that did like the strokes and stuff. And it definitely had more of that vibe. It had a little bit more of that kind of uh, grimy yeah. indie thing going a little less of the polish that this first record had. Um, but I think they've done a good job of like picking like he's a pretty prolific songwriter. It sounds like I was listening to some stuff talking about the out of the clear blue sky or whatever the name of that album is. That's yeah. their uh, third one. And you know, it was like we had 110 songs or like and by songs, they mean like maybe one's a snippet or one's an idea and some are fully fleshed out. But like we took that many things in and then we figured out, okay, here's the 11 that kind of sound alike and they all sounded very princey or whatever. And so like it ended up sounding kind of like a Prince record sort of. Um, but you know, that's clearly not coming from, there's your casserole thing again, Kyle. It's like, it's not because they were like, we're going to sit down and we're going to write a song, an album that sounds like this band or like this band. It's like, they just have a bunch of stuff and they end up going, well, what works together to make an album? And uh, yeah, so love the album. Uh, I liked it from the very beginning. And then when they kind of blow up with video stuff, I am one of those people that is not upset when a band I like gets bigger and popular. Uh, it's always been very weird for me <laughs> that people are sometimes like, I liked them when no one knew who they were. It's like, well, I mean, don't, if you like the Cares. music in the point for other people to like the music too, that makes them successful. You get more music from them. Uh, so I, I mean, when they started with that dancing video stuff, I mean, I was just all in like, um, uh, right at the cusp of YouTube being invented and whatnot. And uh, it was kind of perfect timing for them. And they've gone on to have a good career. So um, let's talk about, here's the part I want to talk about. Let's talk about my emo arguments. Okay, here's the reason I'm going to go ahead and throw it in the genre. I realize it's more indie pop rock kind of thing. But to me, there are so many albums in the emo genre that don't fit the genre other than maybe, as Kyle's mentioned before, a visual aesthetic to maybe Mm. what they're wearing. Cause I think there's plenty of stuff on this that sounds like it could be, first of all, they're nerds, you know, generally not a lot of nerds in the like, uh, true like rock and roll thing. Those are, it's a little more of the emo stuff. Yeah. Nikki six. Nikki six is not a nerd, not a nerd. Tommy, not Hmm. a nerd. No, these guys are not nerds. Okay. Uh, Steven Tyler, by the way, it was nine lives that that same artist did. Uh, that's the album that he did, uh, for them. Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, not a nerd. Okay. Uh, so then we go, uh, lyrics could really be like fallout boy lyrics or, or maybe even, um, motion city soundtrack a little bit. Like there's a little bit of that kind of like irony and stuff. What were you They say, toured Kyle? with motion city. And that's, that, that's an argument that I want to take for the emo thing, because I think sometimes we can like, you know, 
like if they were part of the scene in any way whatsoever, they toured with Motion City. So, and don't emo. you feel like Motion City is one of those bands that gets labeled emo, but really they're as indie pop rock. Oh yeah, they're the, they're like they and OK Go are more similar than um than they're not alike. If that makes sense, they both have synthesizers. I, they both have a lot of stuff. I agree, and honestly, so I do think. If I was going to put OK Go in like a, a category with other bands, I still don't know what I would call this category, but there were two bands to me around this time that were kind of making similar music. Uh, I don't know if you guys listen to Rooney, uh, yeah. a little bit of Rooney and even a little bit of Phantom Planet. Um, and and those guys were just kind of doing their own thing. Um, it wasn't like a gigantic you know scene, but I think also Damien's voice he could front a punk rock band, you know, a pop oh, punk yeah. band like that. That's kind of what it is. I bet he did at some point. <laughs> oh, totally. There's there's multiple songs and, and we'll talk about it when we go track by track that I was just like, man, this song would sound like this if it wasn't for his voice, you know? Yeah. So and I think that he um, well, I mean, one thing that you mentioned about those other kind of bands, I mean, and not just because you said Phantom Planet and they have a song called California, but hmm. their sounds, them and Rooney are definitely more of that California West Coast sound. Yeah. And I definitely hear the Chicago East Coast. I mean, I know Chicago's not yeah. East Coast, but it, this feels more like East Coast and more Chicago, Boston, kind of that okay. rock and roll thing to me. Uh, but I, I agree. They're kind of in the same vein in the sense that you can't quite genre peg them, uh, I feel like. I mean, they're yeah. definitely more in that indie kind of... Um, that kind of vibe where it's like not perfectly polished. It's a little more grungy sounding. I mean, especially like I said, that third album of okay goes is like super distorted. Uh, and, yep. um, anyway, I, I'm fine. If you don't think it's an emo album, but we think it's one of the best albums. I mean, I think we, I mean, I certainly think it's one of the best albums of the early two thousands. Uh, and it's close enough to this genre that I'm, we're calling it emo and plus it's our podcast. So if you don't want to listen to this album, album episode, you don't have to. Yeah, right? get over it. like, yeah, get over it. Which is also a uh, first track that we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, the other thing, it's like uh, there's a lot of songs on this that, like, if they're a little more straightforward, maybe don't have like Tim's awesome bass lines. It's a Jimmy World song. Like, yeah, there's a few of these that are like, you know, they could be a Jimmy World song because like pop rock. I mean, that's what most of Bleed American was. It was a straight like pop rock, like kind of anthemy album, kind of. And uh, so, yeah, I just think that. Uh, the genre stuff is kind of funny with the emo because I think the aesthetic thing is definitely a thing. Obviously, these guys weren't wearing eyeliner or anything like that, and I think that's maybe the difference maker because with Motion City soundtrack, is it mostly uh, his hair that makes it like because his hair was wild? I mean, is that the aesthetic? Because really, like they didn't have a. I mean, and I guess maybe they wore some of the clothes and stuff like that that kind of made it. But like he was wearing a lot of like collared shirts and stuff like that too. You know. Well, I, I think we determined when we did the Motion City record that it was it was kind of the same thing. It was who they were touring with because they were exactly. freaking yeah. touring like crazy back with then. With all those bands, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that that makes a difference. And obviously, uh, most of the bands that OK Go toured with were more in the rock thing. The Donnas were, you know, in that kind of indie rock thing. All the the bands, you know, there were a ton yep. of the bands in the early 2000s and they were probably more in the vein of those for sure. But like I said, I think they're a lot like um, Motion City soundtrack. To me, they have, the, they I give agree. me the same vibey feelings. And I like that. You it's think like they debated favorites. being the OK Go? I doubt it. 
I, yeah, I bet they knew right. that the Damien's smart enough to know that that the trend was uh, something to avoid. There were just too many of them. Um, okay, so let's go to track by track now that we have thoroughly defended this being on our podcast. I don't know why I feel like I need to defend it. I just want to say that, you know, we, we did think about this. We're I, probably yeah. not going to do like a Jay-Z album on here. <laughs> like, yeah. we'll, we'll try but to we stick will if we want genre. to. But we will if we want. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Um, uh, to, to me, it's just like that. What was that judge in the 80s that said, like, how do you, do, they were like trying to define pornography and he's like, you know it when you see it. Yeah. Like, it's just like that to me. <laughs> and it's like, you just kind of know it. Like, I'm, I'm picturing you know, 40 times where I was flipping through someone's CDs and the CD would be in their collection right next to my chemical romance. I don't know why it fits, but it just fits. Yeah. I think that's a, a fair, uh, fair way to say it. And yeah, I I'd say this is right there with me. So well, let's yeah, go. Track track. Yeah. Chris, I agree. It's like pornography. <laughs> <laughs> just, just exactly like, this, my point. This record is a that's lot all, like pornography. That's all I was trying to say. Or uh, from what I've heard of pornography. That's correct. Right, right, right. right. There are some titles in here that could work for... Uh, anyway, here, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to track one. Let's go to track one called Get Over It. Got a job, got a life. Got a four-door and a faithless wife. Got those nice copper pipes. Got an ex. Got a room for the night. Aren't you such a catch? What a prize. Got a body like a battle axe. Love that perfect frown. Kyle, we're gonna go to you first. Um, I don't know why, but what are your thoughts on opening well, track of this of this record? I'm so glad you did. Uh, this song kicks butt. Uh, I love the way it starts, and I can't help but feel like it's a little bit of an homage to We Will Rock You um, in, in like the best kind of way. And then also the keys freaking rock. But what I wanted to say about this song, and I need you dudes to back me up, <laughs> is that on the last podcast, we talked about how simile was hard to make cool. And I texted you guys that night. I took I went I took a shower after we recorded and I texted you and said uh body like a battle axe is <laughs> is pretty BA. Like, it's one of my favorites. It's yeah. one of my favorite all-time lyrics. Body like a battle axe cuz it's not there's no ambiguity. It's like it's like baby got back style, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but so I love it. Yeah, it, it's it's great it's great use of simile and then also like I mean this song's just a party. It's a good party song, you know. Feel good. So, it is a party. I, I immediately out the gate for me. That guitar tone is awesome, and the and the drum sounds are are those toms when they come in are are really great. I love it, and um, yeah, I'm pretty much hooked at this point. Background vocals, awesome. Again, I talk about this all the time on this podcast. If you're going to intro your band, I feel like it's like, which in this case, it really is the intro to the band because it's their first album, first track. Uh, I mean, I know they had some EPs, but this is their first record. Um, and it kind of has a lot of, it hits a lot of the parts. So we got the rock thing, we got the vocals, we got a good hooks, we got fun lyrics, uh, you know, cause body like a battle axe is not, we wouldn't call it serious. 
you know, but it's a fun, it's a good lyric. Uh, great background vocals. Uh, I love their background vocals so, so much. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about that over and over again. And great bass line, which I'm also going to talk about over and over again because Tim is yeah, a fantastic good, bass player. Good so I think it's a great opening. Chris, uh, your thoughts on Get Over It? You guys said it. Straight up rock anthem. It's got the Queen vibes. We'll probably talk about this a lot, but this is a, one of those casserole moments where it's it's like got the the homage without being like just like an on the nose like hey let's write a queen song it's like you know it's got just a, a little bit of it going on there um and that's what i like about it and it's got, you know, kind of got some dark um dark minor vibes and bringing into the the chorus which is a little more yeah. major feeling and and uplifting and I, I don't know it it also just seems like a really fun song to play live and i bet it sometimes is sometimes that's all that's all you got to do is write one of those and at least you get to have fun every night for three minutes at, at least uh, while you're playing it the queen vibes is a good point because i think that that is a hard thing to pull off because they were such an incredible band as far as like a really really good musicians all over the place you know they were all over the place uh, but they had like it, there was a, there was a sound, and a lot of that was Freddie Mercury and all of his background vocals. Uh, but it wasn't just that. It's like Brian May has a guitar tone um, that is unmistakable, and and people copy sometimes, but you can't quite perfectly copy it. But I do agree. I think they do a good job with. I think the biggest thing that probably makes us feel that way is the background vocals. Like there are background vocals all over this record. They are everywhere, and they're com- they're sweeping and layered and there's tons of them and uh yeah i'd say queen vibes is is a good um i never thought about we will rock you but yeah that definitely has a bit of that vibe to open the record with and i like it just enough though just yeah just enough yeah it's not a ripoff not at all okay so let's go to track two which is don't ask me and i can't bleep the f word that's in this so if you got kids earmuffs whatever you know here you go (laughs) earmuffs kids go to you first don't ask me thoughts it's a great clip man that is how you use the f word by the way it's just yep bam right in there just the, yeah you got the f- and the rest of it it's weird it's not like i don't love uh as much as i might say it myself sometimes i don't love it in songs most of the time but that is how i like it in a song it's like not well, trying to be it just like that's yes. the only thing that fits there that's me, it me and blake had this conversation so many times like you don't curse for the sake of cursing in music like you use it like when it's when it it fits it, it's not think, you don't just like put them in there all the time i Rap think that's is, the only one on their album right I think yeah it, i think you're I right think it is the only one on the album and it just it fits yeah, it's like there's nothing else that fits there, and like I feel like comedy is the same thing. It's way better when it's like there's one. Like yeah. there's something funnier about it when there's like one. Uh, and yeah, I agree. It's like that line's great, uh, and that's why I included it. It's it's too good not to. Yeah, and uh, so the the Vox 
the vocals on this song, like there's all these layers and it's got kind of that uh, Weezer uh, kind of vibe that they had from the Blue Album um, with, uh, you know, how Sharpton would sing over Rivers. Yep. Um, and I love that. Uh, holy cow, Jay Giles band vibes on this song as well. Another like where you just take a little seasoning from your influence and just like just a little dash here and there, just right. Um, and then it's got a dang organ solo on it. I, I was mean, going to say, fun, right? I know I said, or I said organ solo question mark on my notes. Cause I just like, I don't even know what else to say. Yeah. It's got a B3 organ solo. It's got like, a, a, and this is something I'll talk more about in a second, but it's like the background vocals of like, you can hear it's Tim singing. Like it's all of them probably, but like Tim is definitely singing. And I, I enjoy when, it's not just the lead singer stacked on top of himself over and over again. It really does add like some interesting layers to it. Um, gosh, yeah, but it's like good. Kyle, what, what are your thoughts on, on don't ask me. So I love this song. I love the background vocals and I agree. Wonderful use of the F word. If you're going to use it, <laughs> use it right. Yeah. Um, and, and um, also it, I am so glad, Chris, that you mentioned that they were a couple of theater nerds because I, my note on this song is it has such a like a musical quality to it. Like it, it sounds like a musical number, and and I I love that about it. I, I was raised in a house where my mom watched that stuff all the time. It 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 really influenced uh, my love for pop music, and so like I I freaking love this song. Did you do any acting in high school, Kyle? Uh, I was a student of acting, you okay. could say. Uh, that's a, a little bit, like not a lot. I enjoyed it. So okay. Chris and I were drama nerds. Yeah, we were straight up like in the plays. Chris like, won was... state in a comedic <laughs> duet, like Dang. one state. Yeah, and I only got one concussion while we were practicing. It was doing awesome. It. <laughs> it was fantastic. I wish we had video of it. I also wish we had video of the concussion that you got by getting your legs swept out from under you in the in the fight scene that was in the. Uh, pretty amazing. Hev- heavily choreographed, much like OK Go's uh, later videos. It was. It was. It was. There you go. There's the influence right there. It's like that's why we like this album so much. We just knew it is. there yep. was a choreography uh, <laughs> connection. Uh, yeah, I, I the baseline again. I'm going to talk about it. I mean, but like the baselines make these songs. They're so good, uh, and I love them. And this one's just walking all over the place and. Uh, underrated bass player in my opinion despite every yeah, song agree. of theirs having great bass lines um i love it so let's go to you're so damn hot so who's this other guy you got which other rooms are riding hot shot sugar i could have swore you said before no more for sure what i believe Um, Chris, let's go to you. Track hey, three. What, question for my guitar players: What is that? That that on the ah? Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm a little sick, guys, so I can't. Usually, I got. I'm usually have a magical angelic voice. Not today. Uh, is that a vo, vo, What is it called? A vocoder? That thing that Joe Perry uses, or what is that? Well, vocoder is different. Vocoder is a keyboard that you like. Then, oh, okay. Um, that, I just to, love that plays, effect. Plays the notes that you play on the keyboard. There's talk like talk box or whatever. Oh, maybe that's like what I was thinking. It's kind of doing the same thing, but with a guitar. Um, 
same idea. It's not like it, it's more about the motion of your mouth and what you're doing okay. that with, and not about uh, <laughs> the notes or anything that's like you can just be moving your mouth for those things and not actually be singing. Doesn't really matter. Um, I just love the way it sounds, and and, and you know what? I'm just really ha- like I, I gotta say, more hand claps. Thank you. Just get them in there. More the more the better. I can't get enough. Um, you know, I, I don't want to ruin the, the, what, the vibe of this song. So I'm going to let somebody else take it. If, if you want to mention the band that I think influenced this song. Um, but, uh, it's one of the coolest guitar solos, uh, on the record and it's just, it's simple and just totally BA. I love it. It's a, it's a well done song. Kyle, let's go to you. Track three. You're so damn hot. So my specific notes, claps, guitar <laughs> tone, synth. Yep. Uh, Ooh, I love that. it sounds awesome. <laughs> also, I really appreciate. I, I don't know, like the title and even the hook to this. Uh, like it, it's the I I I really dig how like you're so damn hot is is as as racy as it gets. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't. Other people might write a song titled "You're So Damn Hot" and um. And it and it get a little out of hand, but this is still you know. <laughs> no, right? I like the I like that the whole thing's about like basically you are terrible for me, but I can't yeah. help it. Like yeah. you're just so good looking. I think we've all had one of those people in our lives, probably. That's just like oh, forgivable only because of their hotness level. That's it. Or maybe perhaps, like or that, perhaps honestly. we've been that. No, someone. I've definitely oh, not been that. Oh, I hope. That's cool. There's no way. There's no way. But I, I doubt like we, it, but I hope so. I will not say their name. I will not say their names on this podcast because I don't want to embarrass anyone, but like I know Chris and I know some people that are the guy version of this song. Like for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> that like can't like every girl thinks they're hot, but like really if you if you stripped away the hotness, there would be nothing about them that the the good ladies would be attracted to. <laughs> There's but, a whole South Park episode about about this phenomenon. Like, you can get away with a lot if you're yeah, hot, for sure. You don't, ha- and, you don't uh, have to develop a personality. It starts in high school. That, so, that's what Matt and you know, Trey say, anyway. I think that's probably fair. Um, so do we agree, then, the best thing to do is not be super hot in high school and to get really hot like in your early 20s so that you yeah, get the personality out if early you can. and then you little black little swan action? Yeah. yeah. I think it's the right way to do it. Um, I was certainly not attractive in high school, um, at least freshman and sophomore year for sure. I feel like Chris and I both had some pretty great awkward stages. Oh, dude, I was my face was covered in acne, and I oh, had yeah. braces and all these weird ortho, orthodontic devices. Like when I talked, it was just like mouth of marbles. Yeah. <laughs> It was a freaking disaster. Chris really worked on that personality and then came into yeah, his yeah, 20s. That's, that's all I had. <laughs> got himself a good looking wife and now he's got some kids. It all worked out really well. Blake, I'll, you'll I'll have s- to, uh, you'll, maybe I could just put my prom picture up from my sophomore I'll tell you what, guys. I saw a picture of you guys in your 20s uh, this week. Jenna posted it up and you, you both were just gorgeous. 20 year olds so congrats that was uh that was put a picture up it was me really it was i put it up and then she reposted it i think well uh, she took the picture maybe you credited her with the picture but yeah you both you both look beautiful in it it's probably that's probably 2007 we're probably inching towards 30 at that point yeah 24 or something like that 
But thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're welcome. That makes me feel that makes me feel nice. Um yeah, hey, you guys really had it. <laughs> I do love the line in this, uh, which other rubes are riding hot shot sugar. I just love <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's a great line. And uh I just like that he calls them rubes and uh you know, hot shot sugar is a great some great alliteration. Okay, let's go to track four. What to do? Pencils through your curls and Before I go to Chris, I have to point out that's the second Axe reference on this album. Oh. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on what to do? Well, I so I see where the Pitchfork reviewer is coming with the beginning of the song because the eighth note open chords, the the gang gang yeah. it kind of sounds like get over it. It doesn't bother me, but it, it, I, I just remember after reading it, review, listening one more time, going, okay, okay, I hear where she's coming from. If you were just like listening to the song really quickly, the album, you might get stuck on that, right? And, uh, you know, uh, songwriting 101, uh, that seems like a trick that you don't use twice for two intros of one album. Uh, it, it works. I get what she's saying, though. Um, but I love the big sweeping atmospheric chords, um, the line, mediocre people do exceptional things all the time. I just... Um, no good. It, it feels kind of, like, smart and sophisticated, but also really simple. I I don't know. I hate that. I hate when people do make things look so easy like that. It makes me angry um, at their talent. Um, and then, bam, chimes, Beach Boys Bridge, right to the solo. Good stuff. Yeah, I love that the background vocals are basically as hot, if not hotter, than the lead vocal on this track. And I love, like, you need to really, if you haven't listened to this album in headphones, you should. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you can really hear that they're not going for perfect like you can hear like some of them cut off at different times like it's but they're really good i'm not dogging on them all i'm saying that like i think music has gotten too perfect now where we like time correct everything pitch correct everything line everything up with um oh what's the software i just drew a blank on the name but there's one that like will just like line up the syllables exactly the same so you can Mm, double your mm -hmm. vocals easier easier and um you know, those tools are, are good and fine, but they can kind of dehumanize, I think, the music. And I think what's so great about like this track and a lot of this album is that it feels super organic still. Uh, it feels like, I mean, there was a couple songs ago. I mean, it sounds like the, a car horn in the background. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just weird kind of chaotic stuff. But I love the background vocals, and I think they are, um, yeah, Beach Boys, very much the vibe on this one for sure. Um, and I love it. Kyle, what are your thoughts on what to do? Uh, I mean, you guys covered a lot of the really good stuff about it. The The background vocals are awesome. The mediocre people do exceptional things all the time. Line is fantastic. Uh, one thing that you guys should listen to, I could not get this out of my head when listening to it. You can basically, at least during the verses, sing uh, Say Anything's Woe to this melody it is it is dead on. It's like right on like, the money. Oh man! All I hear when it's playing is there's this girl who I met oh, whose weird. pride no, makes her it. hard to forget. I mean, it's it is like right on the money. 
You know so. what's really funny that you mentioned that is that I, I didn't mention it when I was talking about my emo arguments earlier, but like there are some parts of this album that give me like they feel like they could be say anything songs too. Yeah. And so that's interesting that you bring that up and I hadn't thought about that. But like I was thinking of it more of like a vibe thing because this definitely has a vibe like that could or there's another song too. Well, um, and, and, and both like, you know, we, we did that record. It's like it's a theatrical record, you yeah. know? So. Yeah, and that's maybe the common thread that's between them is that there's a little more drama and whatnot. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's go to track five, A Thousand Miles Per Hour. Chris, what are your thoughts on 1,000 miles per hour? Okay, I only have one thing to say about this, and I hope you agree with me, Blake. Oh, you do? I can tell by your face. Let's see. What is it? This could be an Aerosmith song. I wasn't... I, you are right. I was not going to say that, but you're okay. right. It sounds... It could without be an Aerosmith the, song. Without the vocals, if you take it away, it's crazy. The drums even sound like Kramer drums. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it blew my mind. I, I was like... I had uh, never thought about that, but you're totally right. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like um, what it takes. It's a. It's got that feel of uh, tell me what it takes to let you go. Uh, God, yeah, that's. I mean, that's interesting. And you're right. It, it does have that vibe. And it's. Um, yeah, I like it. Kyle, what are your thoughts on a thousand miles per hour? One thousand so miles per hour. I I'm not quite in sync with you guys. However, <laughs> my note is, and there's a couple other songs that I put this on. I feel like it's it's crazy because outside of his vocal. Like this has, and I realize it's it's 2003, so it's not much later, but it has a total early 90s song vibe to it. Like it, that that was my note. Like you put someone else singing to this, it it is, it it has a sound to it that like I, I his voice does a lot to make it their own. So and and I mean that in a good way. Like it's yeah, it's, it sounds, it's it it sounds like a 90s song. Well, and I, I think can hear so, that too. I think we agree though, because I think it's the it's the same it's that sound. I just put like a band on it, but yes, yeah, that's exactly totally. what the point. I and was by the way, the Aerosmith stuff we're talking about is the '90s Aerosmith yeah, stuff. We're talking have about it. we're talking about get a grip and yeah. Um, no, I, I I agree with both those things. Um, I was going to say that I um, this is probably the most simple as far as like background vocals go. You've literally just yeah. got like the harmony above, and I think it sounds like Damien's doing it. And so it is, this is a more straightforward song for sure. There's a lot less going on. That guitar part is pretty much a straight strumming kind of, it's almost like you could have played it on acoustic, especially on the intro. But uh, yeah, I'm into it. It's a good, it's just a good solid, you know, mid-tempo song that I like. All right. Well, so let's go to shortly before the end. Song, 
Kyle, let's go to you first. Uh, shortly before the end, what do you think about it? So I really like this song. It's different um, than a lot of the other songs. I wrote, if you change a couple of the tones and sounds on this song, it's the most emo song on the record. Um, I think so. you're right. I think if you take out like kind of some of the electronic uh, yep. driving distorted things, I think you're right. But uh, but okay, so this is this is gonna sound like a criticism, and maybe it is, but I I wish this song were the last track on the album. I always felt like it had that vibe. I can hear that, but it also works really well for the middle of the album too, and breaking I'm, up. I'm not I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying like it it just feels like a goodbye song. You know what I mean? Like no. it, I think it so. could be. It would work very well. For a, for a last track. I don't think it works well for a last track on this album, but I think you're right that like for the most part, if this was um, uh, your just standard pop rock album, maybe it does work better at the end. And I think maybe that's the safe place to put it too. You know, a lot of people would put it as the last track. Yeah, I, I feel that vibe. I'm with you on that. Chris, what are your thoughts on the track? Meh. He's oh. taking or leave it. Yeah, this one kind of always bored me a little bit. I like how it builds, though. I like it's got a good, um, and I very much like how it goes into the next song. It it does it really leads you into what has to happen for the next song for sure. That's right. It's got it's it's doing its job as the mid album break kind of situation. But yeah, yeah, because we're literally basically right in the middle. Uh, This is the you know we got a twelve track album. Six tracks in, so this is kind of like the end of the first half, kicking into the second half. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's not my favorite vibe on the whole record, but like I wouldn't want to listen to a whole record of this from them, probably. But I do like it, and I think, Kyle, I think you're right. It could be at the end, although we'll talk more about that when we get to the end song. Um, but it does lead into track seven, which is awesome, and uh, I love the way it does lead Spoiler. into it. Spoiler alert, it's awesome. Spoiler, it's great. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Let's actually play it right now. It's called Return. It was so impossible to find 30 seconds of this song because they're the whole thing I wanted to include, but uh, it, <laughs> I think we'd get hit with the not fair use. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if we played the whole thing. It's such a good song, though. Uh, Kyle, let's go to you first. What are your thoughts on Return? So uh, I love this song. My 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 first note, one word choruses kick butt. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> freaking awesome. Yeah, and, but, but like... The background vocals make it not boring, though, because on that second phrase, how they go up, like it makes it really interesting. If you took all that out, it would be a really bad chorus. I I, I completely agree that the background vocals is my second note, but I I have a question. So is this song, because I really like the lyrics of this, did 
did he lose someone that he was dating? I mean, like, that's what it fe- sounds like. Are you ready to hear right? the saddest story we've ever told on this podcast? Oh, oh my God. gosh. No, I don't know ready. that I am. No. <laughs> Stop. Uh, okay, so, tell I mean, the story and then let me and then let me get back in let me let me wait do you want to say your stuff first before i wreck no you? no okay. I, okay. I want you to wreck me first yeah so a friend of theirs at like Aww. a party was l- uh, i mean this is keep in mind this is internet research so it may or may not be right but one of them had a quote from one of the guys in the band so i assume that that is true anyway she was leaning on a third floor window and someone came up to give her give her a big hug they both broke through the window and fell three stories i'm three stories up right now and that is oh my gosh terrifying and she died and he lived so one of the guys in the band no, no, not one of the guys in the band no 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 some other friend but like the guy that fell three stories on top of her uh, lived and she did not. So yeah, not only like died, but in like a tragic way in front of everyone at a party kind of thing. Uh, she was a musician too. I forgot her name. I'm sorry. I should already know that, but, um, yeah. So that's like very, 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 very tragic, obviously. And I've always thought this is one of the better songs about like losing someone like the line about, I can't remember your face. I mean, I just think that's such a like devastating lyric. That's yep. that that's that's what I was that's why I wanted you to come back to me. So there's two lines. That's the one what I love about it it is you're right. It's devastating, but it is grief very simply put. Like we like that's a real thing. You forget what's oh, the man, little that's... things about them oh, how someone God, looks it's killing or, me. Yeah. <laughs> or so or or sense or sounds like that is the that is the saddest thing, and you and like it's a fear that comes with losing someone, right? You know that those things are gonna slowly leave. Devastating line, wonderful line, and then you were supposed to grow old is yep. like, ugh, those both gut wrenching. Are... Yeah, it's hitting me hard too because we literally like a friend at church died last week. He, he oh, drowned man. on his vacation, so it's been it's been a like he's thirty, you know what I mean? Like you're and like, this is that kind of song where you're just like, Oh, it's devastating. But it's also, it's like, you know, everyone goes through this kind of crap and it sucks. But, um, this is a great grief song. I think it's one of the best grief songs ever. It like, in my opinion, but that's just, it's me. pretty, it's pretty special. It's pretty special when someone can, can put grief into such simple, you know what I mean? Like phrases that, that resonate because they're just true. Yeah. Um, it yeah. is a great song. And the feel of it, too, is not... It doesn't quite match the lyrics. But no, it's kind of hopeful. It's kind of hopeful. Yeah, exactly. It it's feels like uplifting it's, in a yeah, way. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> uplifting in a way. Um, so I, I also wonder, like, how far removed was the song from the event? I don't know, those answers and stuff. But um, I... Yeah, it, it something about the feel of the song, though. It's not just that, like, something about the feel of it makes me like it even more. It's, it's like, that it doesn't feel like it's the super sad song. Yeah. Uh, like, it, you would think the one before it was the one that maybe would be the, um, the sad one or something, because it has more of that kind of droning feeling or whatever, and this one feels more a power. I would call it, I mean... It, it feels like the um, Sacred Heart song for me, by the way. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I yeah, was going to say. Definitely. God, you guys always do it better than me. <laughs> definitely. It just This song gives me all the feels. It always has. I've just always loved it. And, and yep. yeah, and, and then knowing that story, you're just like, I mean, you knew. Terrible. I mean, to me, clearly someone died, but you didn't know who or what or anything and yeah, uh, or how. And, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's 
It's a whole different. Good good luck, Chris. Tell us your thoughts on on this song. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you have any more? I thoughts? hate it. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel anything. Crap Just sandwich. a bullcrap song. <laughs> Worthless. Not worth the little pits in the CD it was made. No, of course you guys hit, did it right on the money. Um, uh, yeah, I put you were supposed to grow old too. I, I I thought that was a great line. Actually, took a whole stanza out and took a screenshot of it. I'm not going to share it all, but um, it, the lyrics are very good. Um, yeah, I'll so. I'll link to them because they the all the lyrics are great. Those two are definitely the ones that you just go, oh man, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. You know? Great move! Great move! Not coming out of the gate with cinnamon lips next. I'm, I think that's good that they put some buffer in between. <laughs> yeah, a little oh. space between this and cinnamon uh, lips yeah. is necessary. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, so let's go to track eight, which is "There's a Fire." Stop getting me off track I mean it, there's a problem here This time it is for, is for, is for, it is for real How can I make myself more clear? I never say quite what I mean And never mean quite what I say And how did that get out of me? And what the hell did I mean? Chris Monier, let's go to you first on There's a Fire. Okay, so I feel like if you're um, Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus and you heard this song, you'd be like, okay, so that's how you do an homage to The Cure. That's how you do it perfect. <laughs> I mean, they just, they, they did it just right. And and Blink-182, they, they actually got Robert Smith to sing with yeah, them. Yeah, they got so, Smith to sing they win. the song, to be this fair. Is, it's it's, it's hard, kind of hard to beat. So um, this is one that Andy, the guitar player, co-wrote. You can kind of tell it's kind of a little bit of a departure. Not, not too much. Um, yeah. but uh, love the build up to the chorus to the there's a fire and then it gets bigger and bigger throughout. Great song. Yeah, I love just like the guitar bass fo- uh, drums thing going on in the intro of this like the first minute and a half of this song or whatever. Like I think it's uh, it's a good vibe, especially when we've just come from two songs that kind of have everything in them sonically. And then all of a sudden we're like, he's got that delay time tapped in for sure on this one. Uh, and uh, bass lines, which is very important, just so you can gotta tap in that delay, make sure that it's uh, in time. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on "There's a Fire"? So I don't think I don't think you can see it. Oh yeah, you can. Oh, vibe. first word vibe. Yep. <laughs> there is yeah. a vibe to this song, and I'm. If you don't like this song, get the f out of here. Like it, it, it get is. Out. Uh, my, one of my favorite things about it is the first line stop getting me off track and the fact that the bass line is grooving the guitar is going against it the claps are even like it's hard to follow those things collectively they all work you know what i mean like they work together but like individually they're not doing the same thing and i love that you are totally right kyle in fact that organ is always doing the syncopated and yep Yep. and and the drums are like pushing yep. the drums are pushing yep. the note and the keyboard isn't and i i love that it's a little bit disjointed it makes it, it, it vibey and and first line stop getting me off track it's just like every time i'm like dude brilliant and um because it's 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 a hard one to like air drum or play to uh because everybody's doing their own thing i uh, you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and say it like th- honestly I know this is bold, but this is my favorite song on this record. And it is also 
it is very much influenced by the the baseline. That baseline slaps, dude. And yep. it, it is just so good. Um I I do play the bass. I don't play it well and I'm not I don't brag about, you know, like, <laughs> "Oh, you should hear this baseline I wrote." Yeah. This is a baseline that like when I heard it, I put the album in, I got my bass out and I learned to play it because it is such a groove. It is so awesome. Um I want to see this band so bad live because I want to hear this song and I know they probably won't play this song live anymore. <laughs> hey, if they tour again, let's do it. Cause like I said, it's yeah. been since 2003 since I've seen yeah. them and that's way too long. And I love all their other albums. So I'd love to Me see too. some of the other stuff. And Tim, by the way, if you're not a big, okay, go fan, you, you might think the bass player is the lead singer. Cause in those music, those first few music videos that they did that were the dancey ones, he was the one lip syncing. The whole time, he's the weird bald guy with the mustache or whatever. And some yeah. of them, uh, he's the bass player and he's a freaking hoot. And him live, he's awesome. I mean, he nails all this stuff, does the background vocals, all those bass lines. Uh, he's fantastic. He's underrated. that's funny. I always thought he was the keyboardist. No, he's the bass player, and he wow. like. But he, I'm obviously again a drama nerd, and so I'm he sure kills. Damien was like, "Why don't you get out there and do it or whatever?" And uh, and yeah, you can tell he like totally comfortable doing it. I love it. Uh, and it's great. Uh, you know, I also love the ending of this song. I love that he thinks it keeps going and yep. runs out of tape or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I've always loved that. I feel like too. we've always done that. Like someone's Whoa. always, someone does that yeah. at some point when you're singing, like you keep singing and it ends and you're like, Oh crap. I was just in the moment looping the thing. Uh, and I, I kind of love that they left it in there. Um, I like how it feels like he's riffing too at the end. No, for sure. You can tell that's the take where they're like, just riff and do some stuff yeah. or whatever. And then he gets all caught up in the riffing and doesn't realize the track ends. And I kind of love it. Uh, I didn't put that in the clip, but definitely listen to it. It's a, it's a fun, um, it's one of those things I'm sure happen and you just go, yeah, we have to leave that in the, we have to leave that on there. Um, okay. So let's go to the aforementioned cinnamon lips <laughs> sung by Tim. And candy kisses on my tongue. The buttery eyes, if only cries could come from those eyes. Ow. Have you landed yet? And if so, would you let me know? I'm tired of looking up into those stars. I didn't get it in this clip, but I love the line that comes after that about like is the weather nice there or does it snow like the weather affects my knee? <laughs> like, <laughs> this song is off the wall. Uh, Chris, you're making all sorts of faces. What are your thoughts on s- 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 cinnamon lips? But it has just, the three C's in front of it. I have to I, say it the way the title of the song, this song is just absurd. It, it is, is. <laughs> sanity. And I love every second of it. Like I, I, I so like, the organ, like, sometimes it's just, like, doing random stuff, like, almost, like, accidental. Like, there's this, there's the part, I think, after the chorus where it's just the drums and the vocals. And if you listen really closely, he just hits one note every once in a while. He's just like, Meep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What? No, it is off the wall. And, and when you first listen to this record and hear the song, you're like, what is happening? Uh, but then I feel like you, if you see OK Go and you see Tim, or if you see Tim in any of those videos, you're like, got it. So, totally get it. So I want to say I, I, I will send you this for the show notes, but there's a video of them playing this at uh, 
a, a, like a public access show in Chicago called Chicago Go. Um, and yeah, no, I'm serious. I love and, it. And, and you, when you watch this video, you will be like, oh, so this is, this is the start of like the concept that later becomes some of these videos that they did. And I think they would do this sometimes when they played it live, this choreographed dance. Yeah. They would. For the song. Yeah. yeah. And in the video, Ira Glass from This American Life is pretending to play drums behind them. <laughs> okay. I've got he was a friend obviously of, we'll yeah, link to that in the show Because he was a friend of the band and he's doing such a bad job of pretending to play the drums. And it is the craziest video I've ever seen. And you will love the song even more after you see it. This song's insane. Kyle, Kyle your, your thoughts. thoughts on cinnamon <laughs> lips. Okay. Or cinnamon lips. Sorry. Here's the thing. So I have not seen them live. I don't understand the quirks of Tim. And so uh, this song is crazy, but instead of cinnamon lips, it makes me think of somebody once told me. Oh, it my sounds, God. It oh, sounds I'm never going like to that. It sounds like a freaking Smash Mouth song, dude. Like, it just does. Take that however you want. Like, I don't. I don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing. Um, it feels like a Smash Mouth song to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear some of that, maybe. Uh, oh no, you've ruined that for me. I think. I now. know. I don't think I can ever. <laughs> I am so upset. Uh, it is a good song, though. I like it. I like it. It is quirky. It's fine. It is weird, for sure. It does. Like I remember the first time hearing it, just being like, "What." <laughs> what is happening but i i've i've grown to like i didn't take me very long to grow to like it and it definitely is quirky and it's but it's i don't know i like it, it like it feels like them again you know it's taking something that kind of works uh do we have any other thoughts on on cinnamon lips no besides kyle ruined the song <laughs> never gonna be able to unhear that oh uh, he doesn't stutter that in the smash mouth song does he no it's no, just okay, i'm just saying it's it. got okay. a, it's just got a smash mouth vibe to it like i can and, hear that a little bit well i think it's the organ the organ's doing it for you for sure because uh, yeah for sure de- smash mouth did that organ thing for sure that was like a kind of to a death thing of yeah yeah they they did it all the time um okay let's go well to, you can hear well, like it's it, the other smash mouth thing is like i can hear him lifting his eyebrows while he's singing it like i can hear it tim i love you if you're listening to this i love it i'm fine with it tim i've i did i did i'm but now he can't i can't Oh, I think it's the only time he sings uh, lead vocals on a record of theirs ever. I mean, I think it's the only time. I don't think it happens on any of their other albums. It's not like a it's not like a Tom from Jimmy World where every once in a while he's in there or used to sing a lot more. I think it was just like, first of all, that guitar line even is clearly written by a bass player that was originally written on a bass. I guarantee it. And so it's obviously like a song that they were like, dude, we have to put this on there. It's, it's too fun not to. Okay, let's go to what to do. Uh, by the way. Uh, what to do I'm doing something weird on this one I'm going to start the track from the beginning because I can never ever ever get the timing of this uh, track down right so let's see if you can do it as the listener here you go when we got to Boston we knew we'd missed a turn no one back in traffic school had told us signs that can't be learned Geography's too stubborn right. And people are too 
clear. So let's go find the roadside motel with the clerk who won't tell. Days will turn into night. Guys, I tried to count that holding up fingers on the beats, and I still got it wrong. I've listened to this song a thousand times, and I still miss the I miscount that intro, the way the guitar comes in. It sounds like it's coming in on a one, but it's really coming in. That's the four or the two. I can't remember. Anyway, I can't ever get it right. And so it always throws me off when the drums come in. Anyway, Chris, what are your thoughts on, on what to do? I have a question. Yeah. Why is this song not on my version of this album in iTunes? I, it's just not there. Really? I don't, I, I've heard this song a million times. I guess, uh, I guess it it's, got, the fix is in Blake called it what to do. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Hold on. One second. You're right. It is called The Fix Is In. I wasn't trying to be like I don't a, know why a, I called it what to do. Oh, no, no. I, w- I wasn't because trying to be a-hole the... or anything. I was just like, <laughs> I, I was like so confused. Um, you all can correct me when I'm completely wrong, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, no. this song is not called What To Do. It's called The Fix Is In. It's just, uh, anyway, oh, I'll be okay. Cool. What To oh. Do is earlier in the album, and I just uh, typed it wrong on my oh uh, on my, it is okay yeah. I, yeah i was so confused because like uh, so here's the thing on this song i don't have a lot of notes i just put like kind of a departure cool swing kick vibe and then uh, when i was looking at my notes it's like that could be any song it's <laughs> <So, laughs> like i wasn't very prolific on this one um you know this this i, I always kind of dug this song but it didn't like um i, I don't know it, it, it once again it, it felt like kind of like the second you know, two thirds of the album kind of like, Hey, let's write something a little different. This is another Duncan co-write. And, um, you know, I like the guitar solo on it, but, um, yeah, that's my, those are my notes. Kyle, now that we know the timing of the song and the name of the song, what are your thoughts (laughs) on the fixes in? Uh, I like the song just fine. One thing I think that's interesting about it, another album in this genre, uh, that came, came, uh, like maybe five years later, and I wanted to ask you, Blake, uh, it reminds me of, do you guys know House of Heroes, that record? Uh, what, what was their huge record? This is the end or something like that? I know uh, what you're talking about. I mean, I know them more from that time we played with them than I don't think well, I ever really so you to the Did you record. go back and listen to that record then? No? I, think, I, don't, I think I I I know I had heard some of those songs. Such like they were a good record. to me, but I don't know that well, I actually listened to the whole thing front to back. Well, well, so they've got a song called If You Were Mine, and I, I wonder if this how much this song inspired it, because it's got a lot of the same a lot of the same sounds. So um the song is fine. It, it's not it's not my favorite. I don't want it to go away. It's fine. I think I'm about in the same spot, really. Like I, I like it fine. Uh obviously not enough to get the title right. That was my bad. <laughs> it's very forgettable, clearly. I don't know why I literally cannot figure out what was going on in my head where I typed a title from six tracks ago. Um Blake I, does like all the prep work for these. He mixes them, he does all the stuff. Do and he gets yes, he gets everything yeah. ready. So it is it is not shocking at all that uh he would have his notes. He's like, you guys should see him, by the way, when he does podcast. Like, me and Kyle are just, like, drinking, like, soda waters. And he's, like, <laughs> got, like, 16 keyboards and three MacBooks yeah. out, like, typing on all this different stuff. It's very amazing. He's a very talented guy. I do have two 27-inch monitors, a M-Audio keyboard I'm using to trigger the uh, Clips, Logic, and uh, Google Hangout in front of me, uh, and an iPad. So, yeah, it's <laughs> – and a phone. I guess I really do have four You're screens working hard. in front of me. Um, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot that I'm juggling, uh, sometimes not correctly. There's a lot of editing sometimes on these. Um, the one thing I will say that I do love about the song, again, it's 
Tim's background vocals kind of making them better than if Damien had done them. I just love the like, Oh dears after that on that one verse, you know, it's like, Oh dear. You know, I just, I think uh-huh. it sounds like him. It's perfect. And I think it adds a layer to the song that's not there. And is really, this album is the biggest reason that like in Chris and I's band, I always fought for like, no, like the other guy should do the background vocals because it just makes it more interesting, in my opinion, when you have like Always. two or three voices on a record as opposed to like one voice stacked. It's just you hear the imperfections more when it's one voice stacked. And when it's two people blending, it just to me, it just sounds well, first of all, it sounds more like a real live band because, you know, in real life, obviously, real people have to sing with you on stage. You can't do your own background vocals. Well, except for the people like Coldplay that do their own tracks of background vocals which I hate, but, um, that's a different thing. Anyway, I just love it. I've always done that for records now. I mean, I just like, that's definitely one of my production, like, um, things. It's like, if you're, if, if I'm doing it and someone else can do a background vocal, that's what I'd prefer. You know? Um, I think it's something country actually does really well too. Um, a lot of times they don't have the artists sing their own background vocals. They have some professional background vocalists come in and I think it just makes it interesting. And, uh, and and Tim has an interesting, unique voice. And so I like that it's in there and I can hear that it's him. I think it's cool. Um, anyway, that's my, I agree. I'm pretty much like, yeah, it's, it's a fine song. I don't want to get rid of it. It's not my favorite on the record, but I just thought that was a good opportunity to talk about that because you can hear it and like it adds such, it adds layers to this album. If you took off all the background vocals, I think that this album wouldn't be the same thing. It just wouldn't quite be the same. Um... So let's go to track 11. Hello, my treacherous friends. I'm pretty sure I got the title right on this one. Let's go. With regard to my newborn arachnids, there's something we must discuss. Perhaps we should sit them down and explain how not to be saved. Perhaps you could help me to demonstrate how your center can keep up its sickening spin. Thank you, my treacherous friends. Perhaps for my children your service will smile Hello my treacherous friends Thank you for joining me here Chris, this one has that same vibe you talked about earlier Where like super minor verse And then like really poppy major chorus um, And smooth transition between the two of them What are your thoughts other than that? Yeah, I, I read that he in college was getting really into experimenting with uh, you know, elect- electronic music. And I feel like this was his opportunity to be like, all right, I'm going to kind of show, show off what, what I know here. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I'm with you hundred percent. The way it slides into that really poppy, really hooky, cool chorus um, is it's really smart. It's a smart song. And it reminds me of something. And I cannot, I cannot put my finger on it. I, it, it Oh, Kyle! Kyle will know. Kyle's raising his hand. Kyle, do you know what Kyle, it is? What, is what does it? it remind Chris of? I, if this is it, we are true <laughs> freaking birthday buddies, my man. See well, what I happens. feel like I feel like I need to go in a secret room and write it down or something. Because how will you know if my reaction? Well, but you is don't genuine? know what it would, is. You don't know what it is. So yeah. you're just gonna have to trust oh, that I pull this from your brain. Right, you that's don't know right. what. It, yeah, I forgot. So, I don't know what it is. So my my favorite thing about inspiration i called this band a casserole earlier <laughs> which is great my, f- my favorite thing about inspiration is that like if we get it in real time then then it's likely that we're going to get a better recorded version like a better quality right as time goes on we've we've got better 
better ways to record. And so for me, I feel like there's no way this song was not inspired by the sneaker pimps. It sounds like freaking Six Underground. That's The music to this song sounds like Six Underground, except Six Underground came out in 96. And so we've had freaking seven years to improve upon that sound. And if he wasn't singing it, it would be more obvious. But he's got such a distinct vocal. Dude, this song is so freaking Sneaker Pimps. It, I think about it every time. I've never thought about that, but I totally hear that. I and and again, the bass line is <clears throat> weird enough. It's like he's not doing exact. He's picking some weird notes in the middle of those bass yep. lines. Like they are yep. not the note you think he's going to hit. And then that combined with those chords on the. You're right. Yeah, there, there is a '90s uh, it, grungy thing going yes, on here. That was sure. the exact on the verses. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. But all I knew is I felt like I was in a Starbucks in Seattle in the '90s, and I was like, "What is the <laughs> band that's playing on the radio in this dream I'm having?" Yeah, dude. <laughs> that's it. Six Underground. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, the line I I really like the uh, the line the fate of my children the spiders <laughs> yeah is he talking to spiders i've never understood what's happening lyrically on this song specifically the rest of the album i feel like oh yeah we, i know what well, we're talking about here this one i'm like i have no idea i have no clue what he's talking about so because he's singing to his treacherous friends i like to think that in this universe that that he's writing about everyone is bad and so he's actually calling his children spiders <laughs> 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 Like, like not literal spiders, but like, you know, like horrible, horrible human being spiders. So, yeah, it's a weird, there's definitely some weird stuff with regard to my newborn arachnid kids. There's something we must discuss. I'm like, what? I'm sorry. What you've got spider kids. I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, but it's, it's an interesting song and I like it. It's, uh, it, it feels it's a different vibe than the other songs that we've called vibey, but it has a a vibe to it. And it's Good kind of vibe. a creepy vibe, which works with the spiders. Also, Pioch Fork can get bent, but dude, because these songs do not sound the same. No. Talking about how thing. it was all anthem rock, it isn't. It's not even close to that. And I, don't I would think be... they listen to the whole record. I think they just like scanned through a few songs that wrote that review. I can see how you'd be like, okay, the first three tracks, we feel kind sure. of like that thing. Sure. But then like, you know, what's the next one that feels kind of like that? Um, the fix is in maybe. And I mean, like, I don't know. I just, I agree. It, the, if you listen to the wrong. jangly guitars at the beginning of fixes in, you'd be like, uh, France Ferdinand, uh, <laughs> this thing's doing five minutes. I got to get it to my editor. Yeah. They yeah, suck. You're probably Here's right. Why. Who cares what they think? Okay. So that will bring us to the last track. Okay. Before we get to the last track, um, I guess I did forget. Okay, so we when when we played with them, we uh, it was at the Green Door as as Chris mentioned, and and Damien and I were wearing the same shirt essentially and had the same hair, and so there were people that thought I was him, and it was very strange because again, this seems to I've never been actually famous. Shocker, I know Chris and I's band did not make it you we've not heard of us probably but you were you were on jimmy fallon that's true but no, i'm not famous i didn't play on jimmy fallon i played a game on jimmy fallon so i'm always accidentally 
getting in these situations where people think I'm someone that I'm not. And so, uh, so it's, it's basically Damien. And then I guess people thought we were, I don't know, some band that time we played, uh, or we were at a reject show. Uh, anyway, it's just another weird experience. Cause we were like with 200 people. It's not a big venue. This is a small place. And I, uh, I am sorry, Damien, if I, made fans of yours think that you're a jerk because I would not sign things because I'm like, no, I'm not going to sign <laughs> I'm not gonna sign that thing. And then I realized like, oh, they thought I was like, I had no idea why they were coming up to me and asking me to sign things. But because uh, I only played one song with you guys that night. I only played bass on the Counting Crows song cover that we oh, did. Yeah. I wasn't in the band at the time and I had only played bass on one song. And so when people were coming to me like, can you sign this? I was like, no. <laughs> it's like I played bass on one song. I'm not going to. And I'm sure they were very confused by me. I can, I but I won't. Yeah, they were like, weren't you the singer? No. So anyway, that was my weird uh, OK Go story. But they were really solid dudes, uh, and and I'm glad that they found video success. And then we're going to talk about this last song after we play it, but uh, another one that I really wanted to play the whole like two hours or two minute and 20 seconds, like if I could have, because I think it's just really good. Anyway, here's the, uh, I settled for 48 seconds. <laughs> Oh, right. so, nice. so this is the longest clip I've ever done, but it's because I like this song so much. That's Spoiler high praise. Alert. Yeah, so here we go. Bye bye, baby. I'd see I live with the madman there and pull my hair because lunacy is everything I need. It's not just selfish and scared. not just want to play the whole record from the top now i mean like doesn't that end in a way that you just want to start the record over which is what a last track should do yep god i love it kyle what are your thoughts uh well i feel like i should say since i mentioned it earlier uh that that i was wrong this should stay (laughs) this should stay the last song because you're right you do want to start it right over and that is the best way to end a record um so I really like how the uh, earlier I said one of the songs was the most emo. This one is kind of like the most punk rock vibe during the verses. Like uh, there, there's just a lot going on that I dig. the The background vocals are the bomb. Uh, I wonder who Sybil is. I might have the answer for that. Okay. What? Well, Chris uh, or Kyle, do you have more to talk about the song before Chris tells us who Sybil is? I mean, it, it's just a kick butt song. I think I was going to say the BGVs are awesome, but I mean, duh. we've said that on every song. Yeah. Bass is cool. Duh. But specifically that rise to the chorus, the where the so, so, so. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just, I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, Chris, what are, your, what are your thoughts? Tell us who Sybil is, if you know. Okay, so I, I did some internet research, and on some very dark, shady places of the internet, I saw, I saw one theory twice. Which was that this was Damien's cat, Sybil, ran away while he was at college. And then when he came back, he saw his cat. He swore he saw his cat in a cat food commercial and wrote this song. 
And that theory, whether right or wrong, is the one I'm going with because I love it. Sounds. That is crazy. So we're, I've got to know like what corner of the internet you read that. And is it at all reputable? Like, is there, no. is there any sourcing no. to like, there was an no. interview? No, it's no. just total. No, no. It's the one I like the most. And I, and I saw two people agreed on what song, yeah, I think it's it. like songmeanings.com or something where there was like 20 comments discussing the song. Seems legit. Hey, I liked it. Um, so, I think this is one of the greatest songs of the decade. Not not like the greatest song, but I think if you were gonna make like a top hundred list, I I might I might put this one on there. I freaking love this song. It sounds like the final number of a Broadway show, like how you would just bring everybody on stage and they'd be at that final scene. Um, and uh, you know, being the drama kid, I I absolutely love it. Um, and um, it's uh, it's an ab- absolutely magical song. There's also. Uh, uh, like some, there was some talk on some message boards about whether he was saying selfish and scared or schizo and scared. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to that, but I always it's heard selfish, selfish and scared. I yeah, always that's heard selfish. There's no way it's not selfish. Um, interesting theory, but I almost feel like that's just too on the nose for that first verse. And there's know, no explanation know, for the second verse. But I like it. I mean, it makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Do we even know if he had a cat named Sybil? No. No, like I said, I, I thought it was the most entertaining theory, so I decided it was the correct one. Yeah, I mean, look, that's fine with me. I mean, like, I, I love if that really happened, that's amazing. If his cat ran away and then he swore he saw it in a cat <laughs> food commercial, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, I know, I liked it, I just loved it. <laughs> but that's that's another great point, though, is like the lyrics don't make any sense to me. I don't have to know what it's about. Cause like this song I'm with you, Chris is one of my favorite songs of that decade. I mean, I put it on so many playlists. Um, it always ends up on our lake playlist. It's one of my go-to vibing on the beach, uh, tunes for sure. And everything about it is great. I love the guitar tone. I love the background vocals. I love, um, the drums are, are really going the whole time. I mean, they, they're doing some cool stuff. Um, it really has everything that's happened throughout this whole record as the last, and it's like a two minute track. And so it just hits you. I, I just love it. I think it's a great ending track. I think it's a great track period. I think, yeah, um, if you can write this good of a song for your final track and you didn't put it earlier in the album, uh, kudos, but yeah, it makes me feel like press and play on the whole thing again, which yep. when I had this CD in 2002, 2003 is what I was doing. I was just rocking this thing in the car all the time. Uh, I, I loved it. It's a great ending track. and uh, But yeah, that vocal part in the pre-chorus where it just cuts all the instruments out and the vocals stack on top of each other. Oh, I love it. I could listen to it all the time and uh, and never get sick of it. I haven't. I would love to look at my play count on this in, 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 in iTunes. I bet it is uh, fairly high. Um, any other thoughts on track by track before we jump into kind of our lasting impressions and awards? for this album fellas not for me none from you okay sounds good well let's go into lasting impressions so first of all does it hold up fellas again i ask this every time not sure why i think yes i agree yeah and i don't even think it feels too much like the early 2000s like i think that you listen to the strokes franz ferdinand some of these other bands that they were kind of in the genre with and i think they like they sound like 2003. Um, yep. This doesn't sound like 2003 to me, really, at all. Um, I think you could make this record today, and uh, and I think it's because of all those influences being 
from not around that time. We all the bands we talked about were from the '90s, '80s, or '70s or '60s, maybe even. So, um, to me, that's a better way to go about it than to be influenced by stuff that's current or right. even remo- you know shortly removed from current. Okay, so we agree. We think it holds up. Um, second question: Is it their best album, Kyle? Um, I don't think so. You don't think so? I no, I don't. Uh, I mean, I really like the one that follows. I like, I like all of their stuff. I really like the one that follows this. But honestly, dude, I really like Hungry Ghosts. I don't know if you've listened to that one. Love it. Such a good album. So, okay, uh, Chris, let's ask you. Do do you think it's their best album? This one's hard for me because I kind of fell off the OK Go train after this record i mean I, I of course i was into their next record because of all the uh because i like this one but i kind of stopped like really taking their records and listening to them as pieces of music after this so i i i don't have a fair opinion on this one i have to be honest well i would Let's say that you go should. listen to hungry ghosts I think oh, no should. i will i will yeah. i will um i i think that um i think it's probably hungry ghosts for me maybe well, you guys it's, are it's, in complete agreement. I have to go listen to this record, it sounds like. It's pretty hard for Wonderful. me to pick because I think that I like them all, although out of the uh, – what is the name of that one? Is it out of the – Of the Blue Color of the Sky? Yeah, whatever it is. I always forget the name of that record. Dude, I'm, that, looking at, I'm looking at the cover of this right now, and I've never even – like that doesn't even like look familiar to me. You've like, heard I, songs because same thing. I throw them on playlists all the time. You've heard okay, me, okay. You've heard me play some of the tunes. I'm going to go check um, it out. WTF is the one to jam on that one. Uh, that yes, now that track. album's good. Woo. I like it, but it's it's my least favorite of theirs. Um, I agree. Although it has some freaking killer uh, tracks on it, um, but the solo on WTF. Yes, uh, really, their first, second, and fourth albums. It's really crazy to me that they've only released four albums over the last twenty years. Basically, um, by the way, so all good. They're all good though. I mean, they they do they they don't just throw something out there um, for the sake of it. And, and to be fair, that. Um, out of the, whatever the name of that third record is, the Princey one. I'm not a huge Prince guy. Like I like, I appreciate Prince, and I think he's one of the most talented people ever. But I've never been like super into Prince, and that album's more Princey, and so therefore, you know, it's probably just not my. It's also thing as it's much. also like dirt dirtied up too. Oh, it's real dirty. I mean, there's yeah. so much distortion that it like it it kind of bothers me a little bit because it's a little too for me. I mean, it you know. They were going for that style on it for sure, but yeah, Hungry Ghost is is a fantastic record, and um, but this one is one of my all time favorite pop rock records, kind of like, um, and I think that in that way it does top Hungry Ghost because Hungry Ghost is a little bit more, um, I don't want to say all over the place, but it is a little more like there's a song on there that sounds like a '70s disco song, and there's um, it's a little bit more all over the place, but this one feels like a record. And I think it has a kind of timeless vibe to it. So I would I would probably put it in not quite a tie, but they're pretty close to each other. But I probably let Hunger Ghost just eh, edge this one out just a little bit for me. Uh, is it their most important album, Kyle? No, no, because no one Next knew one. about this band when this. Oh, in, in oh fact, no! In fact, yeah, Oh No is obviously their most important one because that's when they start coming out with the videos that are you know awesome and uh because they start with the um 
million ways, which is just them dancing in front of a camcorder. And then they do the treadmill one and the treadmill one just blows up. And, uh, and so that becomes their kind of thing at that point is like, they do these insane videos. And so if you haven't watched their videos past those couple videos that were gigantic, uh, you absolutely should. They do one in an airplane doing zero gravity. They have one that's all shot in, I think four seconds or something like that. And then that slowed down to the whole song. I mean, it's like they shot it in super high speed with all these explosions. The whole thing takes four seconds to happen in real time. And then it slows down to like whatever they're shooting. No like, way. I thought it was the other way around. No, they shot the whole thing in like four seconds. Like the whole thing. No they literally, way. yeah, they had to have like some sort of like crazy. Um, uh, I can't remember the exact story. It's like they were using technology that's used for like, you know, I don't know, Pentagon level weapons or something like that to be able to <laughs> like time these micro explosions at these, these perfect timings to line up with the way the song was. And awesome. they had to have this crazy rig. Anyway, it's fascinating. The, the amount of work they put into these videos and stuff. And it's like its own art form on top of what is already good music and albums. Uh, but I really do suggest, I mean, checking out the other albums, uh, Chris, because they're very good albums, take away the videos and all that other stuff. And they're still, there's some solid albums. So, uh, but the videos are really fun. They're my kid's favorite, by the way, I will put a link. If I can get it on there, I'll put a link to, we talked, we've talked a couple times about how sometimes our litmus test for does it hold up is like, do our kids like it at all? Because they're taught obviously totally removed from the emotional or the uh, sentimental vibes uh, that we might get from something. And my one-year-old was rocking out to this uh, album when I was listening to it earlier downstairs. I had it on the big stereo and he was going nuts to get over it. I've got a video or it might've been, I can't remember which song it was, but I've got a short video of it. Uh, so he was into it. Like he was feeling this album uh, and like that's as fresh as an opinion as you can get because uh, yep. he's only one. So uh, he doesn't have opinions on music. Uh, but if he's dancing, he likes it. Um, the music so, is timeless. It, it does it, it does it no matter what and no matter when. And OK Go, I feel like it has that. They make yeah. you move. They make you want to. You can't just stand there arms crossed at this concert. I feel like you got to be tapping a toe, moving a little bit. Um, okay, so let's go to Desert Island Songs, two or three of your favorites. We're going to Chris first. That, for me, is Return. The song that we all discussed is very sad and just uh, very beautiful. Yep. Um, There's a Fire, the the song that I discussed being, you know, Cure, cure Homage. And um, uh what was the other song that I... Oh, oh, yeah, the song that I said was one of the best of the decade. <laughs> bye Bye Baby. Boom, that's number three. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to have uh, two songs that overlap on all three of ours, but maybe not. Kyle, let's go to you next. Well, I'll start with my overlap, and Return and There's a Fire are definitely on my list, and then Don't Ask Me is my third. Okay, see, I was wrong. I thought Return and Bye Bye Baby would be uh, potentially the overlap. That is for me, for sure. Return and Bye Bye Baby, I can't not have on this list. And I think the third one, um, I think it might be Don't Ask Me. I think it might be that, uh, Kyle. Um, I, I, it's hard to pick, but I mean, I think that is, uh, I those. It's just a really fun song, and it kind of is a million miles a minute, um. Right off the bat, I love it. Um, what about Grow or Not? Uh, or sorry, what about Nobody's Perfect? What's the worst song on the album, Kyle? 
I I'm gonna I I mean I know that when we talked about it, was it was it the fixes in that we were like, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, that was one that we we did say like, you were you, uh, you said fine on it. Oh wait, hold on. Is this nobody's perfect or girl or not a show? This is nobody's perfect. And I don't want anything off this record, so I think I won't. I'm not going to hit him with one of those. I, I do think Cinnamon Lips is flipping weird, but I do still enjoy it. So, yeah, me too, Kyle or Chris. What's your? Uh, do you have a nobody's perfect? Yep. Shortly before the end, yawn fest. <laughs> I, can, I, I think that opinion is valid. I think it's a valid thing, but I wouldn't kick it off the album. Uh, for sure, but if it wasn't on the album, I don't think the vibe of it would change too much. Like I think that this album would largely be the same without it. So to me, that's not. There's kind of a weird uh, award between these two that should be like it. It would still be okay if this song wasn't on the album, but it's not like it's a stinker. Like a, we, no, it, we it wasn't a stinker. It was nobody's perfect. Chris, you haven't had a crap sandwich on here in a while. We have I mean, other had... than our jokingly. Yeah, no. On this album, but we haven't. Are you scared to? Are you scared now that we've got a year under our belt to say that? No. Of all, all of the listeners. No, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. It is. It it. is. It is reserved for songs that I think someone would have to defecate in between two pieces of bread. So we know you mean it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You can't just like I don't want to, you know, turn into like that Bart Simpson episode, you know, where he said I didn't do it, and it's just like it's all played out. Um, or si- or Simon from American Idol. Like, no, you, you can't. Know? Yeah, you can't do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it, try, try, I, it. I feel you it. You have to mean it. I feel it when it happens, and I know right. it, and I say it. And to be fair, we just haven't done an album with a crap sandwich lately, so maybe we'll pick one in the near future. Um, just so you can say it. Just so you can say it. What about Grower Not a Shower? Do you guys have one on the on the album that you know maybe you didn't like at first, but now you love? So honestly, mine is is Chris's one that he didn't like. I really like shortly before the end. So I think that might be mine too. Mostly because, although it didn't, I didn't skip it a lot back then because I think I liked the anticipation it built for return because I liked return so much. I might've repeated return a couple times, but I really don't remember skipping shortly before the end. I mean, I, I feel like I didn't not like it, but I think I, I certainly appreciate it more. And I think also, um, I think Hello, My Treacherous Friend, it was a, it was a pretty quick grow, but I mean, it was like, yeah. like, this song is weird and almost creepy-ish, and there was nothing else that was creepy feeling on the record, but um, it quickly grew on me. I mean, if I'm talking growing on a show, I'm talking maybe the first couple times, but I mean, it was pretty quick that I was like, yeah, this is a this You're is talking a cool tune. boing, not boy-yo-yoing. Sure. <laughs> We're back to eggplant emojis. Um, uh, yeah, I think that... I think that works. Uh, Chris, did you have one? Cinnamon Lips. Cinnamon Lips, okay. Yeah, because I was just like, what? What is happening? Yeah, it is very much like, huh? I feel like <laughs> you, you, my second South Park reference, you know that I, I, I don't think you, I can even say the name of the book because it's so awful. I, I don't want you to have to bleep it. But <laughs> the book that the boys write. I don't think I've seen this one. I've not watched oh. South Park in a long time, honestly. But I don't know. the The kids write the book, and it's just it's horrible, just filled with the nastiest stuff ever. And it just, when Randy Marsh reads it for the first time, he's like, "What? What?" And I just felt exactly like that when I first heard that song. I was like, "What? What? What? What is happening? Why?" And then 
after <laughs> and then then you found yourself tapping your toes uh, yeah and then i was like wait i kind of like it do i hate myself for liking it i kind of <laughs> do <laughs> But I think that's the that's that's a true grower not a shower is when yeah. you like don't want to like it and you end up liking it. That's really when you are like, okay, you got me, you got me, uh, Tim. Uh, okay, so I mean, I think that uh, covers it. Anything else you all want to talk about about OK Go and or this debut album of theirs that I think is severely underrated and not enough people have listened to. Oh, I, I agree. Severely underrated. You sh- if you hadn't listened, you should listen. If you hadn't listened, you haven't. You didn't listen to this full podcast. Yeah, you're probably right. But I mean, I, like, I think my disclaimer at the top of the notes of this thing is going to be like, you should really listen to this album if you if you never did, because I just think it's really good. And uh, and uh, so if you are one of those people that listens to this album that maybe didn't back in the day. Uh, we'd love to hear, you know, your comments. So you can do that. You can uh, email us at info at finding email pod, or you can uh, tweet us or Instagram us or Facebook us. Any of those things. We're all at finding email pod. Um, you know, thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, give us a glowing review, subscribe to us, all those kind of fun things. Uh, Cause we want those episodes to show up on your phone. Uh, just like this one did on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. Cause we stayed up too late Monday night recording it, which is meta because I'm talking about it as we record it. Right. Um, anyway, that's it for us. We will catch you next time. Bye.